Thank you. No joke. No joke. We're not going to get a joke. Not even one? You are a joke. Not e- I'm the joke. She just said, I'm the joke. Okay. Here we go. Hey, guys, can I grab a table out here? Yeah, welcome. Welcome to ICC IFGF. Uh, hey, Ignite is Wednesday night. I want to just uh, say that one more time. We come, we just, oh, I got my, 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 we usually say you can silence your phone. God doesn't need it to talk to you. Um, so, yeah, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, we just let loose. We do prayer. We do all kinds of stuff that night, and uh, we just watch the Holy Spirit move. So, connect groups, uh, come on down on Wednesday nights. Thank you. Uh, you're missing one more thing. I left something else on the table. Uh, yeah, anyways. Also, mungkin ada ada orang sana sini nggak bisa bicara bahasa English? Karena ada technical difficulty bersama uh, or with uh, in ear. So, but Gabisa bicara bahasa English, just uh, raise your hand and then uh, someone will, yeah, sit next to you. Anyways, okay. Yeah. I guess not. I guess everybody understands either that or you didn't understand my bahasa. That's very possible. That is very possible that you didn't understand my bahasa. It wasn't that bad, was it? Was it okay? It was all right, yeah? It was just, it's chukup. It's just enough to get in trouble. I think I told you that story one time when I was doing a, a wedding, and it was in Bahasa. I was really nervous, and uh, so I was standing with the, the bride and the, and the father in the back, getting ready to come down, and, uh, you know, I, I wanted to say, don't forget to kiss the bride, you know, kiss your daughter, and so I said, Jangan lupa chuchi dia. Uh, yeah, that really goes really well. He looked at me funny. I said it two more times, he kept looking at me funny, and then I read, oh, chium, 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 yeah. <laughs> and by the way, I absolutely, we, hi, how are you? <laughs> yes, salvation. You want communion today, yeah? You know, we don't mind uh, if, 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 if you're bothered by children, then, I don't know, go in the other room. Because yeah, we, we don't mind children uh, being, you know, among us. And we don't mind them running around. We don't mind them, you know, if they make noise, a lot of noise, okay, you can take them out. But you know what? Come on. They're kids. I don't know about you, but I never liked going uh, to church when I was a kid because I had to sit still, couldn't talk, and couldn't move. Well, that's, we don't want that. We want them to feel comfortable in the house of the Lord. Can I get an amen? And he seems really comfortable. He is very interested. He seems to be paying more attention than most of you. Anyways, <laughs> and also, I do want to tell you that, uh, you know, like, uh, we, don't, uh, we don't say a whole lot about uh, offerings and stuff. Uh, we just have it in the back. Uh, and, but I do want to thank those that have continued to just give throughout this time. God has uh, taken care of us and has, you know, uh, done more things than you can imagine. Next week you'll see some of them. Uh, so I just want to thank you for, for giving. And if you didn't know how to do that, there's an envelope, there's a QR code, all of the different things that you use to, yeah. And just put it in the back. If you don't want to give, okay, don't worry. Yeah, it's true. And I am going to do this one time, because I know there's a church that does this, and I am going to do this. Uh, We're going to take an offering sometime, not yet. We're going to actually take an offering, a literal offering, and we're going to pass it around, and if you need any money, you take some out. I'm serious on that. 
I believe we should do that. Uh, so uh, we're going to do that soon enough. Yeah, only one person really likes the idea. We do, we actually do have a ministry that helps people. And so if you are in need, uh, we don't believe that you should uh, be part of our body. I don't stop there. We don't believe that you should be part of our body and be in need. We should help you. So if you do need help, please just let me know. And don't worry. Uh, actually, uh, Michael, are you here? Is Michael here? Michael, would you stand up for a minute? Michael, come on up here. I'm, I'm breaking all the rules. I'm breaking all the codes. Uh, you know, this was not planned. Check, one, two, yes. Uh, uh, Michael, just, just, just share a little bit about what we do in helping people. Uh, we just said we weren't going to do this and now we're doing it. So tough, do it. Go ahead, you're on. Ready? On your mark, get set, go! All right, so my name is Michael. So I'm in the Ministry of Benevolence. So uh, it, it's a ministry for helping people, especially in our community who needs help. So if you really need some help, just contact me. Yeah. And I, I will say this, that, that he is so discreet that when he shares with the, with the watchers, the leaders of the, 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 this, this body, he never uses names. So we don't even know who it is. He will not let anyone know that. Uh, because we, we, we want to make sure that we do this uh, very quietly and not let the left hand know what the right hand yeah. is doing. Yeah. Thank you, Michael. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a man of many words. He talks a lot. <laughs> if you want to buy a car, he sells those too. Anyways. <laughs> okay, let's get to the word. We're on a new series. The joy of giving yourself away. Can I get an Amen. The joy of giving yourself away. Can I get an amen? I don't know whose that is because that is the Indonesian one. So I don't know what you guys are doing, but that is not my slides. So if you don't get my slides, just leave that one up if you don't have them. It's okay. You ever think about some of the guys? I don't know what your height. Now, yeah, just, yeah. I'm getting the signal back there. Now. Let me tell you something, if this is bothering you, if this is bothering you, then you have your calling. I love, if you want to complain, come to me, all you who are filled with, with, with complaining, and I will give you a job. Come on, come on now. Some of the greatest ministries and the greatest help has come from people being bothered by something. Can I get an amen? It's called holy discontent. It's true. It's true. And I believe that's part of it. So anyways, just leave that up. Don't worry. Don't mind the man behind the curtain. And, and, I, and now the, the person in the back is quitting because she's embarrassed. No. Uh, you ever notice like some of the times the, the questions that you're asking yourself, I mean, questions that you're asking yourself, like questions like, uh, am I going to make it? Do I have enough money? Am I going to be able to pay my bills? Wow, they're really going technical now. Um, you know, we ask those questions. Do I, will I be able to provide for my family? Well, boy, we got people coming all over the place now. How you doing? Introduce yourself to everyone since you're out here. Come on now. Come on now. 
What's your name? Let's see, introduce That's how you introduce yourself. No? Um, it's on. Hi, everyone. My name is Olan from Indonesia. What's your tat say? What does your tat say? It's John 3.16. Awesome. Awesome. What does it say? <laughs> I'm having too much fun. But we ask these questions like, you know, will I have enough? Will I, will, do I have, am I going to be able to make it? Am I going to get a job? Am I, all these like survival questions. You ever notice you ask yourself these survival questions all the time. Now, if you say, well, I don't ask myself survival questions. Ask yourself if you've calculated your bank account this week. Because you just asked yourself a survival question. How many here, if you're willing to answer this question honestly, know that you've been in trouble in the future, like you don't know if you're going to have enough, and you calculate how much money you have versus how much the bills are going to be, and it doesn't add up, and then you calculate it again, and then you calculate it again, and then you have trouble sleeping. Anybody ever done that before? Anybody want to be honest about that? Yeah. We ask these questions, and then we get into like even deeper questions. Do I matter? Why am I here? Does living this life even matter? Will I make a difference in, in this world? That's a great question. And I think it's a, it's, a, it's a question of significance. Am I significant? Do I make a difference? Now, I want to encourage you, uh, especially if you're a mom right now, that you do make a difference. Just by taking care of that little one. Trust me, you're making a difference. So I, I, I say that because I know sometimes that moms sometimes feel like, what am I doing? You know, I'm changing diapers. I'm, you know. I remember, I remember my daughter, you know, complaining and stuff, you know. And I said, man, I taught you to wipe your bum. So don't even, don't even start, you know. I mean, I, I mean, you're teaching them things that somebody needs to teach them. You're raising up someone that, that's going to matter in this world. So, so uh, not to, I, I did di, di, kind of digress a little bit, but do I belong? Do I have a friend? All these questions are questions that we ask ourselves kind of a lot, you know, especially just trying to figure this life out. And then, then we got Jesus who comes along. And when Jesus comes along, he kind of answers, hey, yes. Did you ever hear about that kid who was in, 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 he was in, he was in a service one time, and he was really, really acting up a real lot, and finally the father got all upset, and he grabs the kid like this, his legs are sticking out here, his head's back there, and, and as he's walking out, he screams out, pray for me. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> but Jesus comes along, and, and, and he does something kind of radical, obviously. Now, I've said this before, and I'm, I'll probably say it a hundred times more, you know, in, in, in as long as I preach. When Jesus came to earth, he was the perfect example of how to live as a human being. The Bible's clear. He, he took off his glory robes, if I could say it that way. He, he took off his heavenly self, in a sense. Uh, look at Philippians chapter 2 to understand that. And he became a human being. 
He was fully God, but he was a human being. And he didn't, a lot of times, pull on what he was before he came to this earth. Rather, he lived as a man to show us how to live. To show us what we can do, what a, a human being can do when, it, when he, he or she is fully surrendered to God. Because that's exactly what Jesus was. He was fully surrendered to his Father. And, he, and, and he, so he showed us how to live. So these questions like, do I matter? You know, am, do, do I, you know does life matter? Am I going to make an impact? All of these questions, when they're satisfied... When you, when you have a satisfactory answer in your, in your mind and in your being, what happens? You get peace, you get joy, you have hope, you're, you're content, you're relaxed, you're not worried about tomorrow, you're not worried about what happened yesterday, you're just like, like you're full, you're satisfied. And, and Jesus lived that kind of life. I mean, it's strange because he knew who he was. He knew exactly who he was. He knew why he was here. He knew what mattered most. He had all these questions answered. But what's really interesting is that, like, he didn't worry about food. He didn't worry about what he was going to wear. He didn't worry about what tomorrow was going to bring. He didn't worry about, uh, like you know, whether he was going to be hungry or not. He didn't worry about whether he belonged. It's funny, he, he, he very seldom did he belong, right? Did he feel like, like did, did the surroundings and him seem to match in harmony? They weren't very much in harmony at all, and yet he talked about family, having a family. He never had a home, but yet he knew his home. See, he was showing us a mindset a way of living that all the questions like this we have can simply be answered by kind of following his example. He says this in John chapter 15. He says, I told you these things so that you may be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. And this is my commandment. Love each other the same way uh, I have loved you. No greater love has a man than he lay down his life for his friends. And therein is the formula, the answer. Where the joy resides is right there. He, from in chapter 13 of John through chapter 17, it's one of the longest, if not the longest kind of sermon that he's given. Like it's just his, him talking all the time. If you have the red letter edition, which... By the way, I don't like the red letter edition because it's all should be read. Everything should be read. Uh, read, R-E-A-D, just as much as R-E-D. It should be read. Everything should be read. And, and, and so he, but from 13 to 17, he does all the talking. And he starts out in chapter 13 with an example of how we should live. And I want to read that in chapter, chapter 13. It says, just before Passover festival, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the very end. So, so just get the understanding here. The next day was going to be where he ended up basically dying. 
The next day was the day he was going to be tortured and, 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 and killed, and, and he had predicted he was going to have that happen to him. He, he had been through the whole journey. He was, you know, he was fully knowledgeable at this point. And then it says, he loved us to the end. Oh, I love that. Now, well, I'll hold on that thought because I'll, I'll get to it later. And then it goes, and the evening was in progress. And if you've read the Bible, you know this story. And the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. He knew that the father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and that he was returning to God. So knowing all this, he gets up from the meal takes off his outer clothing and he wraps the towel around his waist. And after he poured the water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. So basically, we all know, if you know the story at all, he took upon the form of a slave. And basically, he took all his clothes off. He was wearing a, basically a towel around his waist and he actually used that towel to wipe the feet. And I know if we did this foot washing, they actually did it in the first gathering, uh, we know probably everyone, probably every, I won't ask, probably everyone here took a, a, a shower or a bath today, and so our feet are all nice and clean, but back then, trust me, the feet were not like that. So he does this, and then later in the, in the chapter, he says in verse 12, he says, after washing their feet, he put the robe on, he put his robe on again, he sat down, he said, do you understand what I am doing? Probably not, they probably didn't. You call me teacher and Lord, and, and that is right because that is what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. Now we know that he's not telling us to go around and to simply wash people's feet. That's, we know this is, this is an example of how we should live and how we should be and how we were designed to live. You have to understand that. This is something I really want you to get through your mind. I, I used this expression yesterday when I was in a meeting. Uh, I don't know if you would know this, this expression, but have you ever heard an engine sputtering? They call it sputtering. An engine sputtering means it's not running properly. It's just going, <laughs> it's sputtering. It's, it's trying to move. It's trying to go, but it's not running smooth. But when an engine runs properly, when you put that gas pedal down, it just, boom, it's gone. It runs smooth. It's quiet. It, 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 it moves according to its design. We, you and I, have been designed to give our lives away. When you were created, when you were created, when God created you, he designed you to live a life of giving yourself away. And it's interesting how often we think, it's amazing how often we don't think like that at all. We don't think like that at all. It doesn't even come into our minds. Most of the time in our minds, it's what's gonna, you know, how can I survive? How can I get enough food? You know, when's the pastor gonna stop talking? You know, when can I go back to get something to eat? How come the air conditioning isn't hot enough in here or cool enough in here? You know, why is the music? We, we're, we're always thinking about self. And yet we were designed to do just the opposite. 
uh, Pastor Victor said this this morning in his message. It was a little different than this one. He said, we work like the world teaches us to work to get to the top. We work to get to the top, right? That's the very understanding way of thinking in this world. Work to get to the top. But in the kingdom of God, it's serve to get to the bottom so that you're at the top. And even when he said that, I said to myself, yes, sometimes I think I'm serving to get to the bottom, but, I, but that way I'm on the top. I'm still thinking wrong. I'm still thinking wrong. So when we, when we look at the, 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 the way Jesus showed us how to live, if we look at the big picture, it's very simple. Jesus had everything. He had the throne. He had heaven. He was living there. He was there before the beginning. And he was there, you know, until he came down to earth. And he, he, he had everything. He says now in, in John 17, he says, Now the Father, the Father, Father, glorify me together with you with the glory I had with you before the world was. So he was, he was filled with glory long before. Uh, Colossians 1.17 says, He was before all things, and in him all things are held together. All the fullness of God dwelled in Jesus. He had it all. And yet, what did he do? He gave up everything. He gave it all up. He gave it all up. Philippians uh, 2 said he made himself nothing. He gave everything up to show us how to live. And then when he was on earth, he gave everything up. He was always giving out. He didn't worry about what he would receive. He He said, I didn't come to what? To be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. And then he, he gives it all up. And what does he do? He gives it all up what? To give it all to someone else. We sang it. You are my inheritance. We receive an inheritance of the kingdom of God. Why? Because Jesus gave his life so that you could have everything. I'll never forget watching Nina, when she was born in the incubator, she, she, we thought she was going to die, heart problem, and I'm praying, God, I'll take that heart problem. Let her live. I'll give her whatever I could, right? Because why? As a parent, you want your child to have everything and more than you ever had. Can I get an Amen. From parents. That's what we want. How much more the heavenly father, how much more Jesus wants you to have everything. He gave everything up to give it all to you and me. Woo! That's why we can be thankful. That's why we can rejoice. Because man, he's given it all to us. And then after he gives it all, what's very interesting is after he gives it all, he gives up his life, his last breath, everything. He even forgives us at that time and all of it, right? He gives, it says in Philippians something really amazing because it says when he did that, it says he took upon the form of a servant and being found in the likeness of man, he, he made himself nothing and he became obedient, obedient unto death, even death of the cross. And then there's a word, therefore. Therefore, 
God gave him a name which is above every name. See, he received, after he gave everything up, he received even more than he had before. He had a name which is above every name. He was given significance. And that is the example that Jesus wants to give us today as a people who he designed. What am I saying? It's very simple. He said what? Since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow, to do as I have done. Not just washing feet, but giving your life away. That's what it's all about. The real way your engine has been built, the way you were created, was to give your life away. It scares me when I say it. Does it scare you? It scares me. What? Are you, God, gee, what? You're trying to tell me to give my life away to others. Well, what about me? That's not kingdom thinking. It was never in Jesus' mind. It wasn't in his mind. He knew he was going to go back to the Father. Do you know where you're going? Do you know where you're going? See, the problem is we stop short at death. That's our thinking. Our thinking stops short at death. We will live forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. This world is nothing compared to what we will receive. Can I get an amen? We know what we will receive. Stop thinking of death as the end. Because when you do, you'll worry about life. But if you know that your life will never end, you'll never worry about death. Did you catch that? You catch that? When you're worried about death being the end, you will worry about your life here. When you know that you will live forever, you'll never worry about death. Death is just promotion. Woo! Death is just going up to heaven and getting and receiving the very things that you've been waiting for. So why not give your life away here? You know what you're giving away when you give away your life here? Nothing. You're giving nothing away. So let's just look quickly. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be long. It's a very simple message today. All right. When you're born in this life, right, you got a mommy and a daddy. Now, I'm not going to tell you about the birds and the bees today, but, you know, you have a mommy and a daddy. And then all of a sudden, you know, accidents make people. Anyways. Now, when a mommy and daddy makes a baby, their DNA is brought down into them. It's a mixture, you know. Sometimes, you know, I remember walking around with our kids and, you know, looking at my wife and going, that's you right there. That's you. That DNA is right there. You know, and of course, when the kids get in trouble, she's like, that's you. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, our DNA is passed down. The Bible says... That you've been born again. And you didn't even have a mother 
in that sense. God's DNA was put in you. No mixture. Fully, the DNA of God was put in you. You are a child of God. That DNA is what Jesus has. And that DNA is for you to give your life away. Now, let's look at the quick, let's look at it very simply. When we, got, when we became born again, we have been given everything. Jesus said what? I've, I've shared everything with you. You are co-heirs of, uh, with, with Christ. First uh, Peter says, you have been given everything you need for life and godliness. Everything that you have, your clothes, the breath, the body, the, 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 the house, the car, the motorcycle, whatever it is, you have been given it all to you by God, right? Who owns it? Can I get an amen? Who owns, who owns everything you have? God. I remember yelling at my kid one time, you know, she was like, Daddy, you know, can I? I remember I was so, Daddy, you know, I let her borrow $10 one time. And I'm driving in the car and I didn't have any money for some reason in my pocket. And I knew she had the $10 I gave her, you know. So I pull up to the, I don't know, it was gas station or somewhere. I said, hey, give me that 10 bucks, you know, give me that $10. And then she gave it back to me. She goes, now you owe me $10. Well, wait a minute. I gave you the $10 already. I gave it to you. You don't have any money. I gave it. I gave you the clothes on your back. I get, you know, of course, I go, I go down the list, you know. And, she's, and of course, she's too smart. She looks at me and goes, no, you didn't. God gave it to me. <laughs> but that's how we think. That's how we think. God has given us everything. And then somehow, God says, I want you to give your life away. You owe me then, God. It's exactly how we think. And we can't say, God, you know, when God says, I've given you your house, I've given you your car, I've given you your health, I've given you all this stuff. We can't turn to him and say, well, God gave it to me. Yeah, because you are God. So we have everything. It's been given to us by God. And then we are called to give it all up. We're called to give it all up. The thing is, we're called to give up what wasn't even, isn't even ours. But that's not our thinking, right? I'm, 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 me too, I'm with you. That's not our thinking. When you, know, when you hear, when the pastor says, you know, who, who will volunteer for something? Right away, what do we say? Uh, what, I don't have an, I, 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 my, it's my time. I got to give my time up? You're asking me to give my time up. You're asking me to give... You know, or someone's hurt on the side of the road and you're supposed to help them. Uh, my time, my stuff, my young, you know what I'm saying? These guys are telling me it's time to quit. I'm just joking. I want to share this thought in, in closing because it basically, it, you just follow Jesus' example. But I do want to share this because I just think that this is kind of the key I didn't get this till this morning, but it just, I've been reading through 1 John. Now, 1 John is the same writer of the book of John. So when John, who was writing about Jesus in John chapter 13, when he wrote uh, 1 John, he's the same guy. Men there. And he says this. 
If we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves, listen, it proves that we have passed from death to life. It means we have salvation. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life in them. But it's awful harsh, John. We know what real love is. Now, do we really know what real love is? I mean, we use that word love, you know. If, when we heard the thing, if we love our brother, you know. Uh, hi, how you doing, bro? You know, when I, when I read that verse, you know, I'm sitting with Will. We know that we love our brothers and sisters. I love Will. That's not what it's talking about. Because that's how we think. I love Will. Like some kind of feeling, some kind of thought. You know, I, I, I love my brothers and sisters. I love them. You know, I love, that's how we think. Let's just be honest. But that's not what he's talking about. When he uses the word love, He's talking about giving your life away. So he's not just talking about some kind of feeling or thought that you have. Oh, I don't harbor any, any, you know, anything in my heart towards will, so therefore I love him. No, that's wrong. That's not what he's saying. Listen to what he says. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. That's what real love is. Giving your life away. Woo! That's what real love is. You know, we, we used to think they'll know we are Christians by our love. Oh, we love everyone. We sing about love. We sing about love for God, but you're bothering me. You know, that's what we say. You know, he's not bothering me. He's too cute. He's too cute. You are so cute. Smiling away. Okay. We are called to give our lives away. I don't know why. I'm going to try this. I'm going to close with this. I need to read the rest of this verse. So we, all, so we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees his brother in need but has no compassion, how can the love of God be in that person? See how practical he's being? See how straightforward and honest he's being? He's not some, talking about some flavor of the weak love or feeling or emotion. He's saying this is what real love is. Dear children, let's not merely say we love each other. Let us show true love by our actions. God's given us everything. We're called to give everything up. We're called to give everything up so that others can have everything. It's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus is calling us to do the same thing. And when you do that, 
God will say, therefore, you will have a great name in heaven. That's what he's saying. I believe that. You will gain a great name. Because what? The greatest among you shall be the servants of all. This is what it means to give your life away. You want significance? You want to know how to make a difference? You want to, you want to have that like belonging? Give your life away for others. That is what it means to serve. I'm going to close. I, 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 I didn't get any of this till this morning, so we don't have it all up on the thing. You probably don't know this book because I'm an old man, and you probably haven't read it, but it's called uh, Hind's Feet in High Places. I think that's the name of the book. And in this book, it talks about nature and stuff. And water has a song. And water is going to teach us like what it really means to serve. And they have, it has a song. In the book, actually, the, the, the water actually sings this song. And it says this. Come, oh come, let us, let us go away. Lower and lower every day. Oh, what a joy it is to race down to find the lowest place. This dear law we know. It's so happy to go low. Sweetest urge and sweetest will, sweetest, sweetest will, let us go down lower still. Here summons night and day, calling us to come away from the heights we leap and flow to the valleys down below. Always answering to the call to the lowest place we will all go. Sweetest urge, sweetest pain to go low, to rise again. You know, water always looks for the lowest place. You know that, right? Like you put water anywhere and it will always go to the lowest place. That is what God is calling us to do, to be servants to the world. And so God will give us a name and we will sit with him in high places in the end. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, <laughs> we have so low to go. Lord, we sit so high up. We think of things in such the wrong and opposite way. Help us today to be a blessing to others. Help me, Lord God, to be a blessing to others. Help us to get rid of this thinking in our minds, Lord God, of survival. When, Lord God, you said you would take care of us. Help us to get rid of this thinking, Lord God, that we need some kind of significance. And the only way is to rise high. When you say the only way is to go low. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen.